is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, September 21st, 2017, season 13, episode number 43. Welcome to another edition of The Break. I am Derek Eagleton, joined by the crew. We are live at the SWBC Mortgage Studios, and uh, we're going to talk Cowboys offense versus the Arizona defense today. Um, that should take a pretty good amount of time, and we're also going to get as many questions as we can. I know we tried to get to the phone lines and, uh, and to Twitter to get some questions yesterday. We'll try to continue that today. You can call us 214-872-2102. Again, it is 214-872-2102, or you can hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. Dave, am I boring you? Is that why you're yawning? No, I'm just tired. Tired? Yep. Yeah. Get some sleep at night, man. I, I did. I thought we established yesterday on the show that you don't have a life. So what would be holding you from getting sleep? I was oh, wow. I was up later than I wanted to be watching tape of the Cardinals defense. There. Ah, there so. we go. That's what I'm talking about. So you're ready for the scouting report here. You can get Absolutely. the scouting report. Yeah. How are you today, Nick? I'm okay. Just okay? Yeah, nice. just okay. You know, you, you come in here and we talk about all the Cardinals defense and Zeke's hustle and what they got to do and all that, and you, you know, it's it, it's a good relief, but you know, or release is actually the better word, release for other things. But yeah, there's a lot of other stuff going on. That's makes like it, what? Well, I mean, we just walked, we just came in here. Amber was talking about a lot of stuff that's going on. Oh, in the world, in the world, yes. there's a lot of things going on in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm my. We talked yesterday. My alma mater, you know, is dealing with a tragedy for a kid that just wants to play football. Yeah, you know, and he ends up dying on the and not on the field, but but because of a hit. Probably thereafter, yeah. So you know, it, it's kind of it's sad. I mean, to say, oh yeah, things are going great. Yeah, yeah, a lot of heavy hearts going on. Yeah, I mean, it's a you look at all the storms that are happening over the last month. I guess it's yeah. been in in our part of the world really because it's it's kind of affecting that whole southern part of you know not so, south of the U.S. and southern U.S. and East Coast type areas, but. You think about all the hurricanes. You think about the, the things that happen in Mexico with the earthquake, and it is. It's pretty heavy if you if you kind of start thinking about all that stuff. But but hopefully we can give a little bit of a respite for an hour. Yeah, and and, and that's that's you know what we've kind of dealt with really for the last for me for twenty years. I mean, like yeah, you know when you sit there and you, you're like, who's the left guard going to be? You know, like the big time you know decisions the cowboys have to make and all that stuff and yeah it's all relative when you think about the big scope but you also understand that there's a lot of people out there the ones listening right now that are like you know what i need that i got my they got their own stuff going on yeah. too so it's just kind of it's a good release i guess yeah. for them how are you this morning miss amber <laughs> well uh, i'm okay i'm glad to be okay let's just yeah yeah say that all right, tell you what, let's jump right into some Cowboys news. Let's talk about it. Bit down, about it. Didn't I? A little bit. <laughs> let's but, go I mean, bring hey. it. but let's bring it back up. Bring it let's back bring up. it back up. Let's uh let's actually start with with I guess some positive news on Orlando Scandrick yesterday. Uh he's talking in the locker room and says he feels like he's gonna be ready this week. Is this one of those things where the, the players saying one thing and coaches and trainers maybe saying something different? Or do you expect that he is gonna actually be out there and, uh, and ready this week? I think it, he'll be out there. Yeah, if they're saying something different then we got a huge disconnect with what's going on, and he's too smart for that. So he um, 
Yeah, I think he's going to play, too. He's not going to play with the cast, though. Yeah, he's totally, he's got no limits, apparently. But, like, I'm, I don't he understand. He was saying that yesterday. Explain this to me. Well, I it asked was a him. break, right? I asked the question. I couldn't even really get the get the whole question out. I said cast or a brace or, you know, what? how are you going to protect it? And he was just like, I'm, there will not be a cast. Like, I'm not going to play with a cast. So... I guess he's thinking like I wasn't talking about one of the big casts right, that everybody like, around the team will sign and say good luck Orlando. You know, I was just <laughs> thinking of you. <laughs> right, different colors. Where's the purple BFF. sharpie? Yeah, yeah. You ever had a cast? Uh, no. Splint, not a cast. I've had a splint. Had one of those where everyone signed and all that. No, not never hard plaster. No. I kind of wanted one when I was a kid though. Well, wow. You know, just like so everybody could sign it. Like that means that you got hurt. I know, but like badly hurt. Yeah, but you never really, like, no. I always wanted to experience what it was like to be on crutches and never really had that experience. <laughs> no. Whitney. What is your problem? <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of wanted to experience some of that stuff. That's stupid. I like experiences. I like That's not an experience. experience. That is an experience. <laughs> really? Do what? I just felt like Mickey right there. Come on. <laughs> That's a terrible <laughs> idea. Uh, yeah, but he's apparently he's not, he's not going to be limited, and he said he's going to do something to protect the joint, which if he's not wearing a cast or... Splint. I don't How's know. that gonna happen? Maybe yeah. wear a padded glove or something. I like just, that. I think he was just trying to make the point that he's okay. And he, oh, going back to last week, good. he was like, "It doesn't hurt. It's not about pain. I'm fine." And like, okay, oh, dude, yeah. you, could tell, <laughs> you could tell Orlando that it's Thursday. He's, and he's to gonna go. tell you someplace in the world where it's not Thursday. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna argue with you on anything that you say. That's just that's he's, just what he does. It, yes, a hundred percent. I have never heard him just be like, "Oh yeah, okay." Yeah, that's why, <laughs> never, that's that's never why when, happened. You're, when you're watching Sesame Street in the mornings and he comes out of that trash can, it's like, Argh. ouch. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's good. Sort I, of endearing. It, well, I just, I mean, it's good that if he's going to be able to play because obviously the Cowboys can use it. They've, they had some issues last week with just having enough bodies. That's, so that's scary, though. Thing, right? Pretty scary. Is it? Oh, yeah. 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 No, but yeah, I mean, yeah. as we sit here, it's this week is so weird. I mean, it's only, it's only a one day difference, but they haven't practiced. It's Thursday, and we're close to the end of the week. Yeah, we barely talked to anybody. Some, I mean, Skandrick and Tyrone, a couple guys talked yesterday, but yeah, and you know, it's like when you uh, like one of those times when the the time changes, you either go back or forward or whatever, and it just feels like your whole body clock is off. Mm-hmm. I've been, it's only one hour, but it's like this is. I've been writing the wrong day on stories and stuff all week. Um, but corrected it though, right? Of course. Take so Orlando is supposed to go today, and we've heard numerous reports that they're optimistic about Chidabe Wuzier. So that's two of the three injured corners. That's that, surprising. Did they know? I mean, going into that that game, was there a suspicion that he? I mean, like that he was going to have some issues, or I, I mean, don't. Was, did this just kind of crop up? Like I don't think so because he was a full participant all three days of practice right. last week. He wasn't limited anyway. He said he felt good on Friday before the game. I think it cropped up on him during the game, and they said, you're young. We don't need to risk losing you for more time than possible, so, so more time than we need I'm gonna, to. So. I'm going to say that he doesn't play this week. Because that would be my question. Like Even if, even though he may be feeling good, he was feeling good sure, last week. I, hey, I don't... It's one of those things where they need to just kind of, for a prolonged period of time, just sit him and make sure it's okay? are bad. Like, typically, you don't see somebody bounce back from a hamstring in five days especially days. Especially when he was hurt, and it was like, okay, out. Second quarter, I mean, you're out. You're not coming back. And, like, there wasn't really a... There wasn't a whole lot of, like, well, questionable to return... Let's see. 
Yeah. It's pretty much out. So if that was the case and they kind of found that out early, I just have a hard time thinking he's just going to come back in a week. Have you guys heard anything more on Carroll and, and where he is kind of in the concussion protocol? Just that he's in it, which, again, it's Thursday, and we haven't talked to Jason Garrett since Monday, so right. we'll be hearing some of that shortly. Just, and I assume we'll, we'll see what happens as far as his, his ability to practice today. Extra he will, day could help in this situation here with, with the concussion. I mean, Ron Leary played against the Cowboys. Days, six days, yeah. A short yeah, week. Yeah, a short week, short yeah, week so depending on the severity, which, no again. concussions are the same. That's true. You no, yeah, and so you don't go. know. It could be one of those shorter ones. It could be one that lingers for weeks, right? After so, go gather stock. Yeah, style. you just don't know, right? All right, uh, let's jump into this uh, Cowboys offense versus the Cardinals defense. Dave, why don't you start by giving us a scouting report? I know you stayed up late last night watching this team. What, do you, what did you see? Well, here's the first thing I saw, and it's not your fault, but I choose to blame you. Uh, what can I do? What a crappy game to watch to like familiarize yourself with an opponent. What the last one? The Colts Cardinals game. I didn't. I didn't go back and watch Cardinals Lions. Sue me. I'm not Brian Broadus. Um, no. <laughs> 16, thir- 16 13 overtime game. Just just a big old bag. Like not not an entertaining game of football at all. Defensive football. I I don't know if it's so much defensive football as just two offenses that can't get out of their own way. But um, I did, you know, I got a a decent little scouting report on the Cardinals defense. And the main thing, I think I heard somebody say this earlier in the week, is that the Cowboys have one of the younger rosters in the NFL. Cardinals have to have one of the older ones between Carson Palmer, Larry Fitzgerald. You know all those guys. But Carlos Dansby, drafted in 2004. Been around a while. Frosty Rucker, drafted in 2006. Frosty. Corey Peters, drafted in 2010. He's your nose tackle. Uh, Antoine Bethea, you might remember him. Yeah, from the Colts. Colts right. and 49ers. Yeah. Uh, pro bowler in Indy. Strong safety. Drafted in 2006. Yeah. Was he on that Super Bowl team? The team mm-hmm. that went to the Super Bowl? He was a rookie that year. Wow. Uh, you're one. So they do kind of like similar to the Cowboys. They basically have three starting safeties. Um, Tyvon Branch was drafted by Oakland in 2008. He is your free safety when Tyron Matthew is doing other things. Others, yeah. yeah. Um, so you got a lot of veterans on this defense. now. And then on the other side of that, they've put some, some pretty good youth in here. You might remember um, draft show people or just anybody that follows the draft. You probably remember Marcus Golden, the Missouri pass rusher, uh, 2015 draft. Sec- How high? Second round pick. Yeah. Uh, he plays on their – he's their weak side out linebacker, so he's their weak side end. Um, Chandler Jones, who they traded for from New England. He's your strong side, primary pass rusher. Uh, guy that Brian really, really loved, Hassan Reddick, which this is fascinating to me. This guy was a pass rusher, linebacker, defensive end for Temple, Hassan Reddick. He, they got him playing inside linebacker in a 3-4, and he's just he's that athletic. How big is he? He's, a bit, he's like 6-3, 2 something, 2 Huge four. middle linebacker. He's a big dude, yeah. and he can move, too. Um, I'm going to get to him, though, because as impressive as he might be athletically, I think he's still kind of finding his way at this position. <laughs> he's exploitable? Uh, maybe. You got Patrick Peterson. Everybody should know him. And then um, Justin Bethel. Everybody should know him. I'm, if you are a football fan, you should know I'm just Patrick Peterson. You, just messing with you. Um, Take a joke. Sorry. Justin Bethel is opposite Pat Pete. He's a sixth-round pick from 2012. Honey Badger, third-round pick, 2013. He's going to play safety. He's going to play slot. He's going to play dime. He's going to— Everybody should know him, too. I'm, I think so. Or apparently they do, because we didn't even go by name. No, we didn't. Tyron Matthew. Um, 
It's like jackrabbit. Yeah. (laughs) I think honey badger is a little more ubiquitous than jackrabbit. I would think so. Uh, And then a guy that I really liked in this year's draft, he's kind of your dime back, uh, Buddha Baker. He's a Mm second-round safety out of Washington. Small guy, but in like awesome football instincts i i think i only saw him on the field like five or six times in this whole game but he does come on when they have extra defensive backs so it's a funny little blend of like basically this defense is either really young talented guys or super old like been in the league forever guys and they kind of piece it together between the two of them i'm gonna ask you a question and this may be unfair but i kind of want you to give me the best answer you can give just to give fans kind of a sense because we saw what happened against denver Give me an idea of how this defense compares to the Denver defense. I think this secondary is not its not quite on that level because I don't think they have two pure corners that are as good as Tlaib and Harris. But I think Peterson is probably the best cornerback in the NFL. And from what I watched yesterday, granted, keep in mind that Jacoby Brissett is the opposing quarterback, but Bethel— And well, no running game, by the way. Well, well shit. running game's questionable. Indy's terrible. Yeah. Um, Bethel more than held his own in all of the spots that I saw. Tyron Matthew is really impressive in a ball skills making plays perspective. You have an interception in that game he or the first game? won the game, basically. He picked them off in their own territory to set up the game-winning yep. field goal, which is funny because, okay, so this is Tyron Matthew's stat line from, from that game. Three tackles, tackle for loss, two pass defense, two passes defended, two quarterback hurries, and a pick. Really, That's like, a nice game. Very, very active, but I don't think he's that great in coverage, and I never really thought he was. That wasn't his game at LSU either. He's, like, he's awesome when he can kind of free range and move around and make plays on the ball. He's not locking people down. That's Got not it. his game. Uh, but their secondary is good. The front seven doesn't do a whole lot for me because all those all those old guys I mentioned, I mean, Dansby's 33. Corey Peters is your nose. He's been playing since 2010. Frosty Rucker's kind of been a journeyman since 06. Um, they got a young guy named Xavier Williams who's big and gets really good penetration. But And, and then I oh, can't forget Chandler Jones. I can't believe I did that. He's he's your sack guy. But other than that, like – there isn't there isn't a Von Miller here. Like Chandler Jones is good, but he's not Von Miller. And there isn't there isn't a Damon Harrison, like a guy that just I absolutely think is gonna eat up blocks and make life hard on the interior line. Which is funny. That's the main impression that I took away from last that game I watched is yeah, the Colts did not run the ball well. They averaged two point six yards per carry, but the space was there. Like Frank Gore was getting movement. He had several four, five, six, seven, eight yard carries. Uh, so especially, and running right at them, like when you're running, you know, off tackle or a gap, B gap, that type of stuff, I think that should be very manageable for the Cowboys based on what I watched. The thing that concerns me is trying to go side to side because they're fast. I, so trying to, you know, that stuff where Zeke takes it all the way to the edge of the field or swing passes or bubble screens. I don't know how well that's going to work because one thing I'll say for them is that they have a lot of speed. So, Nick, there's uh, several players he threw out there, Chandler Jones, uh, Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew. Which of those guys do you think probably poses the biggest challenge for the Cowboys just as a single player with his skill set and what he does well? Well, it's hard not to say Chandler Jones because he's their main pass rusher. But I think, you know, when you kind of offset good on good, I think Tyron Smith and is would be better than that. You know, so he's going to have to go to the other side if he plays that way to, to – 
to Lyell. And, I think and he doesn't really, just yeah, for whatever that. They, he stays on the show. He might have done it once or twice, but by and large, it was Golden on the weak side and Jones on the strong side. That being said, I'll say Peterson, because Peterson has the ability to shut down the Cowboys' best offensive threat in the passing game um, and at least control him. I mean, it might be a good battle, but from what I remember back in 2010, he, I mean, not 20, 2014, he was way better. Uh, but that was also Brandon Wheaton trying to get him the ball. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, right now, Dak and Des don't seem to be on the same page, you know, that great. I mean, 25 targets, only nine catches. So we'll see uh, this week. But I think Peterson's the, probably the biggest threat. Okay, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, I do have another set of questions here I want to ask you guys about the uh, the, the Arizona defense versus the Cowboys offense. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. We, the entertainment-loving people, demand the best unlimited wireless plan ever from AT&T. What else do you want, a unicorn? Maybe. Only AT&T offers you unlimited data with HBO included and never pay overages. Get AT&T Unlimited Plus, our best wireless deal on unlimited data. Plus save $25 per month on DirecTV. It's entertainment your way. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Plan includes stream saver and videos will stream in standard definition unless you turn it off. $25 DirecTV savings requires AT&T Unlimited Plus. Credits start within three bills. Service prices subject to change. Other usage, speed, fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See att.com slash unlimited for details. Hey, Cowboys fans. Did you know that over the next few years, more than a million service members will transition from military to civilian life? Veterans face unique challenges when they get out of the military, and Bank of America and the Dallas Cowboys are teaming up to help with financial education, career opportunities, and support of military nonprofits and organizations locally in North Texas and across the country. We're proud to support our troops and are deeply grateful for the dedication and sacrifice of our service members and veterans. Bank of America, official bank of the Dallas Cowboys, invites you to join us in our efforts to get involved by tagging game day photos on social media using hashtag TroopThanks, that's hashtag TroopThanks, and by learning more about our commitment to veterans at bankofamerica.com slash military support. Together, we can thank our troops in ways that make a real difference. Copyright 2016, Bank of America Corporation. It's bowling night with friends and you're hanging out together. You picked up a spare, but you're craving something better. A first rose deep inside, you don't know what to do. You crave a nice cold Dr. Pepper and a hero to save you. Craving Rider. You ride the wave of Dr. Pepper when you're craving Dr. Pepper. Craving Rider. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Pick up an ice cold 20 ounce bottle today. Dr. Pepper. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you back to the break welcome back it is the second segment of the break live from the swbc mortgage studios at the star and uh, we're talking about cowboys offense versus the cardinals defense they will match up on monday night football this week it'll be a 7 30 7 30 p.m start what i don't know the way you're looking at me is just it's scary don't do that please um so let's let's jump back in i had a couple more questions for you guys about the matchup um, which of these units do you think ha- is the weakest link that the Cowboys could possibly exploit? Defensive line, linebackers, or secondary? I think the linebackers. Um, which is good for the running game. 
Yeah, absolutely. Although uh, there is a caveat here. Hassan Reddick is starting primarily because Dion Buchanan has been out. Um, I don't know. I, Bruce Arian said yesterday there's a chance he plays. He's a really good player. So if he's active, maybe that changes this a little bit. But from what I saw, like I said, when you run straight at him, there's space against these guys, I think. And Reddick is a rookie. He's playing out of position. Uh, I don't, I mean, liability sounds harsh, but I think he's still learning how to play in coverage. And I think he's still learning the ins and outs of his assignments as opposed to go get the football, which was his job in college. Um, and then Carlos Dansby, I mean, he's been a, a great player and that we were talking about that yesterday. You, you were right, by the way, he's, he's been in Miami. He's been in Cleveland. All over the place. He's been in a lot of places. Uh, and he came back here on like a vet, you know, I think he's doing his farewell tour still. I mean, not, I don't think he's bad, but he's not what he was when he was the highest paid middle linebacker in football. An older player. I mean, yeah. it's kind of goes with it. Right? Um, so, and, and like, I mean, yes, Chandler Jones is a very good pass rusher. Marcus Golden has his moments. I don't think either one of them is on the level of what the Giants and the Broncos brought to the table. So I think I feel really good about Tyron and Lyle Collins having the upper hand in those matchups. Um, and then the defensive line, again, I feel like you're talking about journeymen who they're not bad players, but they're, it's not the type of talent that you saw in those first two games, I don't think. Um, so in like the middle of this defense, I think, especially against what is supposed to be the best run game in the NFL, I think that is big time in favor of the Cowboys. And hopefully a, an angry yeah. uh, offensive front for the Cowboys. You would like to think that they want to prove something. something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, let's, let's kind of flip around to the other side and talk about the Cowboys versus them. Uh, you talked about Patrick Peterson and him playing up against uh, Des Bryant and maybe taking him out of the game or, or being able to at least – manage Dez would you if you were the the offensive coordinator here would you take the approach I want to move Dez around because I really want to get him involved in what we're doing or do you just take the approach hey I'm going to do I'm just going to leave him out there if we get a couple balls in great but otherwise it does also take Peterson out and then I feel like there are other matchups I can exploit uh, where there may be other guys matched up against Cole and and Terrence and Witten and whoever else uh, that we think we can get some good matchups against well, I think you do need to move him around. I mean, the best receivers in the league right now are getting moved around. I mean, if you talk about the three best guys out there, I think that they, they line up all over the place. So I think that that's something that needs to be done. You know, I know for a while there was some talk about where Dez is better at, at doing that or staying at the position that he knows. But, you know, he's been around this offense long enough where he, he can do it. I think I – think, you know, he's such a dynamic weapon that even if you're Patrick Peterson in the Cardinals defense, you still got to figure out where he is. So I, I wouldn't just keep him in the same spot all the time. I think it's always beneficial to have your best players at a spot that you don't necessarily know where they're going to be. couple thoughts. I actually have charted all of his targets to this point in the season. He's moved around a lot already. I mean, he's everywhere. They you put him in a slot. Yeah. On both sides. Yeah. Everywhere you can line up, he's lined up. So I don't think they're afraid to do that. I also don't think Patrick Peterson's afraid to follow him anywhere. And I don't think he's going to shadow him in the sense that he's always going to be where Dez is, but he's he will follow Dez into the slot if that's what he needs to do. Um, he was on T.Y. Hilton for the vast majority of that game. He Not every single snap, but when he needed to be, he was on him in the slot. He was on him outside. I don't think it really matters. Did they give him extra help or was it just, no. Hey, take this guy. Hey, we're good. Gonna... hey, take this guy. That's not good because Patrick Peterson is physical. We know that he's a physical big guy. If you can stay with T Y Hilton, then you can stay with Des. 
I mean, that that's not, I mean, because T.Y. Hilton has a, a super, level of speed. Yeah, he's super quick. Yeah. But then Dez, you know, you would think, well, offsets that with strength, but the, Peterson has that as well. So if you have the ability in two weeks to cover Dez and cover T.Y. Hilton, then you are the best cornerback in the game. Now, let me ask you this question, though. What, what did he really. Was he really covering T.Y. Hilton that well, or was it that the quarterback just can't get the ball? I mean, that's I mean, a, you had a, you had a, a much lesser quarterback. That is always subjective. Huh? You, it is a, it is a lesser quarterback. I think Hilton finished with something like five catches for fifty yards. At least a couple of those came on other guys. I think, from what I remember, Brissett targeted Peterson maybe three times, and I think he gave up one catch for sixteen yards. I think a lot of that it has to do with Jacoby Brissett, though. He probably doesn't want right. any part of that. Right. But, I mean, he's still really good. So, And I, Dak will need to challenge him. I, mean, I don't think you can just ignore him and say, well, that's a wash. But, you know, just because Jacoby Brissett wasn't targeting him doesn't mean that he wasn't covered, you know? So here's the big question, and I'll throw this one to Amber. Do you expect the Cowboys offense to have a bounce back week? All that we've heard about this offense versus the the, the – uh, Cardinals defense and the Cardinals defense and where they are with the kinds of players they have. Do you think this is a bounce back week for the offense that'll be better than they were last week? Definitely. I I really think so. And speaking of Des, if you have Des, use him. Yeah, of course, you're going to want to use him. But at the same time, I think we can't forget that the Cowboys have so many other guys that are good. So my problem here is, or my wish here is that they can mix it up more you know use all these other guys that you have change up the game a little bit don't don't become so predictable you know so just not force the ball to Des. let it kind of flow if it works it works but at the same time don't forget about all these other guys that you have out there one more thought that I do want to make and I I think this is a favorable matchup for the Cowboys to be completely honest with you because like I said I mean okay Peterson and Des, I call that a win for the Cardinals overall but like I said, I don't, I don't think Honey Badger is like this great coverage guy. I think you need to be worried about him when he's around the ball, but not so much as a, of a cover guy. Antoine Bethea is like this. He's like the classic Barry Church strong safety. He's not like this coverage whiz. Like I think there will be more room to throw in this game. I think they're susceptible up the middle. Having said that, I, I you, you got to worry about Peterson. And then the other thing that I hadn't mentioned yet is like this is an aggressive defense too. Like. What for whatever you have in Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden, they also blitz a lot. Uh, Matthew came on. It's an seven. aggressive team. Like yeah, that's how they. Bruce play Arians yeah. is aggressive. Yeah. I mean, and I love it honestly. Yeah, I do too. Uh, Fun to watch. Tyron Matthew came on several blitzes. Antoine Bethea came on a blitz. Tyvon Branch came on a, like they several you know DB blitzes to add pressure. Um, and I think that's probably something to worry about whether it's with your tight ends or Zeke Elliott, one way or the other. Um, the bit like the the big thing for me is that it seems like they try to and are good at forcing loose balls. Hearing him say that, Nick, do you, are you a little bit concerned? Because again, when you're playing teams that that Dak hasn't played yet, now he's going to be exposed to seeing something different. And especially when you're talking about a team that blitzes from a lot of different angles with a lot of different players, are you at all concerned that he's going to be seeing something like that that he hasn't seen before? Uh, not really. I, I think it comes down to the guys, you know, can you do it? Can you stop the run and shut down the outside? And not that many teams can do that. It's going to be personnel. I mean, because Dak went 13-3 and last year. He faced a lot of teams that tried to get after him. Yeah. faced a lot of teams he hadn't, you know, faced before. So I don't, I don't necessarily think it's that. I do think it's more about 
um, you know, can do you have the personnel to to take away everything? And I agree with what Amber said, and, and I've said it, you know, a little bit, or, you know, last week or the week before that. As good as Des is, it, it, you know, less could be more here. If you if you try to force it less to him, you might open up things more, you know, just in the flow of the patterns a little bit. So I I, I would do that. I would focus on Beasley. I would focus on Terrence. Let's get him going. I mean, what's or Bryce or or somebody. You know, get these other receivers involved. Interesting, and I think that's a good segue for this. This was really interesting to me. The If you include overtime, the Colts had 12 possessions. Uh, nine of those were non-scoring possessions, and they only lasted 34 plays. That's less. That's three plays per average. I mean, they went three and out, three and out, four and out. Like nine times? Nine times. Out of 12? Out of 12. But, okay, but I'm going to spin this into a positive, okay. though. Watch. Their three scoring drives were 38 total plays. So half of the plays they ran in the game were on those three scoring drives. 14 plays, 8 plays, and 16 plays. So Jacoby Brissett and his very bad offense was able to drive the full length of the field over the course of more than a dozen plays on multiple occasions. Wow. So take that for what it's worth. If they can do it, I think... I think I think that this is a favorable matchup for the Cowboys in the long run. It's it's not going to be easy, especially because it's in Arizona. But if they look as bad in this game as they did against Denver, I'll be surprised and start to worry a bit and be very worried. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Weird stuff happens out there. <laughs> I kind of knew that's where you were going with that. This does. Can you tell people a little bit about like? I know there was one particular game I'm thinking about, but tell tell yeah. people why you say that. Well, there was one game back in 2008, and it is the only game in the history of the NFL that's ever started and ended with a special teams touchdown. Yeah. Kickoff return to start the game, and then they uh, blocked a punt to in overtime to win the game. But the, uh, the ironic part about that game to me is the fact that the Cowboys are driving for a game-tying field goal, and they, it's like a 55-yarder, Nick Folk, and he makes it. And you're on the sideline, and you're like, wow, what an awesome kick. And you realize, you know, of course, it's hindsight, that that was the worst thing that could have happened to the Cowboys. Just miss the kick, lose the game, and that's fine. Go home, yeah. And you go home, and you'll be in the playoffs. But because they made that field goal to go to overtime, bad stuff happened in that little two-minute overtime. Tony Romo gets hurt, breaks his finger, out three games. They go one and two in those games. Your punter gets the punt block breaks his foot. He's out. He's an all-pro punter. It was happened, bad. Yeah. They lost the game there. And then there was another injury that happened. And an offensive lineman got hurt in that three-play. They only had three offensive plays, but they broke a finger. He got hurt, and the punter got hurt on the fourth play. They lose the game. They finish 9-7, and seven, missed the playoffs by game. Romo probably could have won one of those two. Definitely could have won the game the next week against the Rams when they lost to the, the bad Rams team. So... That, that's, that's just weird. that's just one weird game that happened there. That weird Lance Dunbar play happened out there in the preseason. That was the last time I went to Phoenix. Yeah, was that the one we had the long run and then kind of got banged blasted. himself up on the end? Yeah, and turned the ball over. Yeah. Well, how about when when <laughs> yeah. the game's tied and we're, we're down there? I know Broadus was was with you. Might have been down there too. It was me and Broadus and somebody else. We were about to you shoot that that stand up after the game and. Kevin Kopp throws this little screen pass to some guy with like six names. I don't remember. Yes, I just remember. catches the ball in midfield just and just, just right through every touchdown. Yeah. You know, next thing you know, well, that's game. Like, 
Kent, where are you? Let's go. Let's shoot. It might have been Ed. Who knows? They got good food in their press box. It is. It's a nice stadium. I, I mean, I, vi- take go to that one. Go to that game. It's a nice, I've, it's a good trip. The cool I've, I've said this a hundred times that if you factor in all the, the different things that factor into a road trip for us, from our standpoint of, you know, just length of the trip and the weather when you're there and the press box and the view of the press box and the food of the press box and how quickly it is to get to the stadium and all that stuff. It's the best. I think it's the best trip on the on the schedule. I think it's number Seattle's one. Seattle's up there for me. So. Yeah, well, it sounds good until you're coming back for five five hour flight on the way back. That's a long flight, but still, it, I, it it's got to over. Yeah, it, no, Seattle is good. Like that's Seattle. the only thing that's bad. Yeah, exactly. That's because the only thing that's bad about it. Yeah. Their press box, um, pretty good. Elevator. I don't know though. They changed their press box. Remember last year we were there. Yeah, they kind of. Oh, yeah, they recon- did. So I don't know about that. Whatever. This last one was good. Denver. Speaking of stadiums, all right. Did y'all, do you know what the Cardinals' record is in this stadium? 25 and 13. <laughs> it's, I don't know if this, because this doesn't sound like enough games, because when did it open? Actually, it probably is. 06. It's not an old stadium. They're 23, 8, and 1, at least in really? recent years. Like, I, that, I think I saw that on SportsCenter last Very night. Very surprising. I saw, and I, no, I, duh, I saw it on Cover 4. It was on our show. <laughs> okay. And oh, wow. Yeah. I was like, that's a, that's backing your way into like, promotion right yeah a, oh wait never mind it's on our show it was on this really good show and i can't remember which show it was but it was a really good show Hold on. 23 8 and 1 that no but let no, me i enough. will say this though it's not enough games at at well the, is it i don't know I mean, no 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 because romo played there in 06 and that that year that's the last time they've won so that that's 10 years so there's got to be 80 games all right then it's over the last however many years four or five years five years okay. probably in the arians yeah. era. the one thing i will say about arizona really good arizona is one stadium not that this, this doesn't happen at a lot of stadiums yeah but it's one of the stadiums where there is a close to 50 50 yeah it's a lot of cowboys the, fans, the fans like there's a ton of cowboys fans in arizona oh yeah um and I think it's back from the days when they were in the same division with the right. Cowboys. Right. But yeah, there's a ton of fans. Like when you get to the stadium, especially if the Cowboys start winning in the game, you'll immediately know yeah. this is a college atmosphere because it feels like one team does something well, ha, everybody goes crazy. The other team does something well, ha, everybody goes crazy. Like it doesn't matter. Nice it's little impression that like you have. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, let's let's get to some questions. Wow. You guys can give us a call. Sounds like we're going to like a Bieber concert or something like that. But it sounds like I've never been to a Bieber concert. Oh, I don't either, but it just sounds like... Baby, baby, baby. Oh, boy. Oh, sorry. Okay. That's bad. That's bad. All right, let's get that phone call. 214-872-2102 is the oh, number. Also, you hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. Let's take a call from Jeff in Indiana. Jeff, what up? Hey, guys. What's going on, y'all? How you doing? What's... Good, good, good. Hey, I wanted to call. I'm, I'm out here slinging mail, so I apologize for taking us back to, to kind of to tomorrow or yesterday's topic. But I just it really sit in my crawl, guys, about Garrett, the way he talked about Zeke and pointed him out so bad yesterday. I just feel like that's a little brutal. I mean, Nick, you touched on it a little bit yesterday about this man being a human being. I mean, this kid's a human being, and we've we've, we've literally had a almost perfect running back for – 17, 18, 19 games. And, and I mean, one of those interceptions, he was on the ground blocking. I, I, just, I just don't get the over-criticism. I, just, I think Garrett should have been a little more Belichick-like with those, uh, with those answers and, and, yeah. and bringing up Zeke and stuff. I just, I just feel for this kid, guys. He's a good kid. He's immature. But I just feel like people are piling on at this point. And I'll tell you guys what, we are going to miss Carr. Carr is a huge absence on this defense. 
And, and that's all I got, really, guys. I just, I just got, I, I'm out here and I heard you guys' show today from yesterday, and I just, I heard, I heard uh, most of the national media just piling on this kid. It's just ridiculous. All right, man. We appreciate the call. Um, I, I actually, I thought that Garrett yeah, actually I, I took it kind of easy on him a little bit. Yeah. He did say, he did say, yes, Zeke has to have better effort, but he also said the one thing I'll tell you about Zeke is, as far as the guys on our team, he is. If not the most, one of the one of the guys who is always always giving best effort, giving maximum effort, whether that's at practice, whether it's in a game, whatever. So it's kind of like Garrett said: Yes, we can't cond- we can never condone a player not giving maximum effort, and he didn't give maximum effort on that play. But that's not him, so I understand that's not him. I think I think that's the case where the caller heard all the national stuff. You know, LT saying he quit, and I'm sure Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp have something to say about it. And he's attributing that to Jason Garrett. I mean, Jason Garrett was pretty stern and upfront about it, but I did not think he was piling on at all. Yeah. I thought it was very fair, constructive criticism, and I didn't have a problem. And as a coach, you have to do that. You yeah. can't let things – it's very similar to being a parent. The moment you ignore something that needs to be addressed or you're too light on it, then the moment you're expecting it to continue to happen. It, right? it wasn't exactly Mike Singletary with Vernon Davis. Let's put it that yeah, way. Right. So, But you got to address it. And Yeah. If you're talking about, you know, obviously all of us are human beings and the things that have happened to him off the field, if you're kind of talking in that aspect, let's remember, I mean, I've played sports before and when you're in the game, you're completely focused on the game, right? Now, let's talk about, for example, Des Bryant, when his dad passed away, how well he played on that game and how he kept going. Dak Prescott, his whole mother passing away situation. So... I think maybe those off-the-field issues wouldn't necessarily – then again, I'm not him, and you can't really compare one issue with another, but I'm just saying just, he, he should have uh, – it wasn't – I, I wouldn't want to hear that as an excuse, you know, the whole off-the-field thing. But the way he performed, we all know that's not the way he plays. And I think, again, Garrett did address that in a easy way – he didn't go as hard as yeah. he maybe could have. Yeah, I, th- I thought he was. I, I I didn't really agree with the caller there. I don't think he he was he was that way. I don't think he was the one being hard on him. I think what you, what he's doing is he's watching TV and seeing all these shows and stuff where they show that replay. They're the ones that like to pile on. Garrett's not piling on. So yeah, I will say one thing about what you're saying about Zeke and and kind of letting the things off the field affect him. And that's what we're thinking. I mean, yeah. some people are assuming. I go back. I go back to what Nick was saying yesterday. That I, I think that when it comes down to it, Zeke didn't. Um, this is not affecting, or however this affects Zeke. Um, God, I lost my train of thought. I thought I forgot what I was about to say about that. Um, we'll come back okay. to it. So. Wow. Let's go. Zeke, I we've, and I had we've a point about a about, different Zeke since this whole thing happened. Uh-huh. This whole at the beginning of the season, we've seen him act differently even when you see him walking around you see a completely different person and that all comes from inside whatever's happening in his head and in his heart I don't know but he I definitely see a different person yeah and and that's you know we always talked about with Dez about how you know him being more mature and kind of and 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 just not being as emotional but sometimes that's not a good thing you know sometimes players 
play like that. They feed off of that. And so you kind of wonder with, with Zeke, and, and she's right, he has been a little bit different, but he's also played somewhat different too. Right. Even in the Giants game when he had a lot of yards, he just looks tired to me. He looks like on that 30-yard screen pass at the end of the game, which, of course, that's the end of the game, and he looks like he's just kind of ready to go out of bounds as quickly as he can. I mean, he looked very exhausted, and um, I I don't know if I could blame him. Yeah, I I remember what I was going to say. I think the difference here, you were talking about Dez, you were talking about uh, Dak. I think the difference is in their situations, and I don't want to minimize this, but they they were kind of isolated things. They happened... There was the initial, as it is when you when you lose a family member, oh, yeah, there's an yeah. initial shock that happens that you have to deal with. And there's a, that grieving and mourning period. And then, uh, assuming that all that, that you're in a healthy situation, you kind of move beyond that. And you're able to, to, to grieve and then move on. This is a situation where this has been hanging over this kid's head for Months. more than a year. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that there, we have to understand that. And I think, Nick, you kind of intimated this earlier in the week. If, if it hangs over his head for that long, at some point, there's only so much a person can take before it starts to affect them. And again, I don't, I don't talk to Zeke, and so I don't yeah. know if this is really affecting him or not. All I'm saying is, if it is affecting him at this point, I don't blame him for that. I because think, well, if, if it's you not, have that hanging over him for so long, at some point it's going to affect if you. If it's not affecting him, then we got bigger problems. He's got bigger Not problems. Human. If he's if this isn't affecting him well, at all, well, you can tell it has it, affected it has. him. And it has. and again, like I was saying, one thing you can compare the two things at all. You know, they're all different cases, completely different. But what I was um, now I lost my train of thought, Derek. What's thing. happening here? Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, okay. I think that everyone or a lot of people were expecting Zeke to come in and completely just go all out. You know, have great game just kind of put it all out there and kind of show off to the nfl and shut people off and probably this girl that has caused all this issue just kind of be like oh i'm not gonna let you affect me and we just haven't seen that yeah and i I will say this though we saw it week one i think i think there is a, a national rewriting of history a little bit to where people are forgetting how well this team played in week one and and just looking at how poorly they played against denver I think you can have they can both exist. Like well, they, you can they have didn't a, play great. I thought Week they played, I thought they played for that defense and the way they played that team versus how they played them last year. I thought they played really really well. Yeah, yeah. Very you compare well. it to last year, yeah. definitely thumbs up right there. But I'm just saying, if you wow, have late, God, <laughs> I love it when Amber throws shade. <laughs> no, I'm just, they ran for a hundred yards against exactly, the Giants. Exactly. What's, I'm saying yes. When Who you did that last when you year, like how many teams ran hundred yards? Derek, I'm agreeing with you here. Yes, compared to last year, huh? great job. I'm saying if you take a look at the game itself, uh-huh. let, let's just not compare it to any other game. Okay. Just look at the game itself. There were a lot of mistakes that, and a lot of things that they can do that they didn't do. That's just my like point what? there. <laughs> a ton of things. There were passes mm. thrown. There were passes thrown that D- uh, Dak definitely could have made. There okay. were passes thrown that the receiver could definitely have caught that. Okay. That didn't happen. Yeah, so the it wasn't a perfect game, game The right? running game, there were several plays where they should have put Zeke and let him run the ball. They didn't. Okay, so again, it wasn't a perfect game, but when you beat a team 19-3, that to me is a, that's a good, that's a really good game. In the NFL, to win a game 19-3, to 
that's a really good game. And I, I know that they were I'm not perfect. Com- I'm not mad about it. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying. I, I think I don't know if <laughs> they did good. I don't know if you're trying to say this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna add on to this part. I I think what you could point out is that yes, it was a good win. It yeah. was 19 to three, but you know. Let's. It's still early in it because we don't know that the Giants might suck. They're not doing good. That's true. You know, so I don't think their defense sucks. I don't either. But they lost twenty-four to ten to the Lions, and one of those touchdowns was a special teams touchdown. But if your offense can't do anything, your only your defense will only be so good. For all we know, right now, I mean, the Cowboys could suck. They might. The Broncos could suck. Like that's the thing. You're in two games. You're two games not. in. <laughs> You're two hope, games in. You don't hope really that's know. That's not a sucky team that they just beat up on. <laughs> All right, let's bad. take our final break. When we come back, uh, we're going to get to some more questions. Two one four eight seven two twenty one zero two is the number. You can also hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. This is the break. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, demand the best unlimited wireless plan ever from AT&T. What else do you want, a unicorn? Maybe. Only AT&T offers you unlimited data with HBO included and never pay overages. Get AT&T Unlimited Plus, our best wireless deal on unlimited data. Plus, save $25 per month on DirecTV. It's entertainment your way. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Plan includes stream saver and videos will stream in standard definition unless you turn it off. $25 DirecTV savings requires AT&T Unlimited Plus. Credits start within three bills. Service prices subject to change. Other usage, speed, fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See att.com slash unlimited for details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. And Nick, take it away. Thanks, Derek. You know, Tommy John is the best underwear you're going to wear if you're a guy. Or it's free. Guaranteed. That's what they say. Sounds like a bold statement, but they're willing to back it up. So if you experience their mind-blowing underwear for yourself, you'll understand why and why that they're willing to say that it's free or your money back. So... Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Okay. You think we'd do a whole show or we just wear Tommy John? Let's just I'm on. wearing it right now. No, just Tommy John. Let's oh. On. Let's just move on. I'm training okay. for this half marathon. Me too. I'm feeling more and more confident. Hey, with this cleanse? Yeah. Like, let's get it on. I, I, I prance around now with the wife. <laughs> like, hey. This is a little inappropriate. <laughs> just a little bit. No? Let's not and say we did. A little did. bit. All right. All right. Well, okay. You know why Papa John's <laughs> pizza tastes so great? Just an idea. You're red. You're red, Dave. That's good. Prancing good. around. There's always an awkward moment. Every the phrase, time. The phrase yeah. prancing <laughs> around kind of threw me <laughs> off my game right there. <laughs> All right. Let's get some questions. Numbers 214-872-2102. You can hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. Let's take a uh, call from Brian in Florida. Brian, what up? Hey, good morning, guys. Good hey. to see you. Hey. Hey, so, you know, 
in watching all of last year, I really thought Dak was a very accurate quarterback, at least in the short area. Watching the first two games this year, I kind of question that. Is it just his connection with Dez that's not maybe 100% on the same page, or is he a little less accurate in the short range than I think he is? And I'll hang up and listen. Have a great day. All right, thanks for the call. I don't think there's any doubt that a surprising number of passes have gotten away from him in these first two games. I mean, the the Dez ones are the ones that come to mind immediately because of, you know, missed touchdowns in the Giants game, uh, near interceptions and an interception in the Broncos game, but... I mean, what was the one in Denver? He missed Beasley bad. That was a, and that was a big throw. Like, yeah. he had a lot of green space yep. in front of him. Yep. It was at a point in the game where if he turns that into a score or close to a score and then they score a play after that, they're kind of back in the game a little bit, yeah. I guess. It, it certainly would have been a better chance that they could have come back and possibly uh, made, a, made a play to win. But, yeah, that, that play was huge. And then, you know, I said I went back and charted all of Dez's targets – and it kind of lets Dez off the hook a little bit because I'd say at least five of his 25 so far this year have been just poorly thrown balls, which I guess that's good news if you're trying to defend Dez. It's not great news for Dak when you, I mean, somebody had to throw that bad pass that didn't give him a chance. So um, it, it has not looked as great as it did, as I remember it looking. And, and honestly, not as great as he looked in the preseason and in training camp either. Um, it's not, I don't think it's enough that I'm alarmed by it as of yet, but I'm not going to try to deny it either. Yeah. But also, I, and I'm not trying to, to put Dak off the hook here, but I do think that wide receivers can make passes look poorly thrown, you know, and, and I don't feel like this team runs the best routes. I think Beasley runs pretty good routes, but I think for the most part, I mean, they, they have issues there and so sometimes all it takes is one step inside or one you know you went a little bit deeper than you thought and next thing you know the pass is not where it's supposed to be but maybe the receiver's not where he's supposed to be I just think all all in all defenses like that make you look bad and look off your game and they've done that in those first two these two defenses have kind of done that and I think Beasley said yesterday that Denver was the worst that they've played as an offense during his time with the team. So all the I mean, Agreed. Romo years, whatever, all the way back to 2012. So bad day. Yeah, um, it was interesting. It seemed like all the comments that came out of the locker room yesterday pretty much were the same thing being trumpeted. We had to take our medicine and watch this film. We didn't like what we see. It was not us, and we made so many mistakes that it just wasn't typical of how we play football now we'll see if they can turn that into action and actually improve on it but it seems like they all kind of accept the fact that they played horribly i think i'm excited to to see sean lee this week i can't wait to see him play i think he's gonna he's gonna bounce back oh yeah i I mean (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah i'm so i'm so excited i that's one of the guys i really like watching i just he he's so passionate and so into the game it's exciting so uh, I'm sure he's really upset at himself, and I can't wait to see them play and see how he plays. They'll be good. Okay. All right, let's take a call, uh, question from Twitter. Do you guys think that uh, Do you guys think that the Cardinals will use the same game plan as Broncos loading the box? I think they'll try. I think that they'll try to stop the run. They know that that's what they have to do. But uh, I, I still feel like the passing game there will be more opportunities. I think for the Cowboys in this game. To, to throw the ball around, maybe spread more guys 
uh, around and get them involved. I, I don't think Denver can have the same kind of a success. Yeah, loading the box necessitates that you have to have corners that can play man on the outside. And yes, Patrick Peterson can do it, but who's the guy that's in the slot that's going to be able to to manage Beasley? Because I think, actually last week, I think there were some opportunities when they didn't get the ball to Beasley when he was open. Uh, because if you're trying to man up, it's it's hard to man up against all these receivers across. Um, I think that's why Witten had such a good week last week, because you're going to give up something. Somebody's going to win against man coverage. I think Denver has as good a chance as anybody else to be able to do that effectively. I don't know that I think Arizona has that kind of personnel in secondary to be able to man up across the board. I don't know that they can either, but I think their defensive backs are the best part about their defense. So, I mean, you can have all these guys on the field. I don't think of them as loading the box because I don't think they have the bodies to do that. To I mean, those big physical guys that have to stop the run. I think... They're better bet. Like I said, they have great team speed. They have guys that can rally to the ball. Kind of a little bit like the Cowboys when you think about it. Um, so I I don't think of them as just trying to go man up and stop the run. I think they'd rather have a bunch of fast guys out there who can rally to the ball. So I, I don't think it's going to look similar, but I don't know. I'm not a coach. All right. By playing these elite defenses right out the gate, does that help the Cowboys offense in the long run? Uh, if they can find some, uh, not yet it, it doesn't. I don't believe because they haven't really found a solution to stop them. You know, I mean, I mean, it's one thing to say, all right, you know, if we can beat these guys, then we can beat anybody. But right now, you're you're really just helping the league figure out ways to to kind of stop you. So I, I don't, I don't think it'll really help them unless the only thing that it could is that if it gives these other teams false hope of like, okay, this is how you stop them. You just load it up here and then you just cover thinking that that their yeah. guy is good right you know our guy's as good as chris harris and a key beat up on and then yeah. and then you know hopefully but that's where i think the, the lack of speed just really comes into play i say it every show now you every do show. yeah well and but, it's not getting better so i, I mean it's not like terrence is going to go anywhere he's going to come back next year but it's this he's is going to be a good football player but this is not new. I mean, anybody that, and especially defensive coordinators of opposing teams, anybody that played the Cowboys after week six or seven of last year knew if you want to beat the Cowboys, you better stop the run. This is not something that's just happened within the last two games yeah, or last right. week. Like, everybody knew that. And those teams in the second half couldn't stop the run. So I don't know that this changes something drastically than what we already know. Something wasn't revealed this last week mm -hmm. that people didn't know before that. Yeah. It's just everybody doesn't have the personnel to be able to pull it off. Well, and talking about speed guys, let's talk about Bryce Butler. Do you guys think that he's on a short rope with this inconsistency? I, I think like a 14-game rope. I mean, I, I, he's got a one-year deal. He's not going yeah. anywhere this season. No. Yeah, for sure. I'm telling you, I don't know where the Cowboys are going to draft, but I, I, I'm definitely taking the fastest player in the, in the game. <laughs> you, I, I, I just want to play devil's advocate okay. here. This, I mean, this guy is a whatever-year veteran, like fourth-year veteran – on a very small deal, like I think his deal's worth eight hundred thousand. I think basically Noah Brown would need to continue to improve throughout practice, and he would need to continue to flub up the way he has. But like, I don't, I'm not ready to say he's got like this amazing amount of job security. Like he could for the never, season, yeah. 
honestly, I just don't know the reason why you would let him go at this point during because this. Because you have six receivers, which is a lot in the NFL. You've got to bring David Irving back from suspension. You got yeah, but there are other positions I think that are there are, but that, I'm just, that you would think about before you would say let's get rid of I, another receiver. I don't really think it'll happen, but I also don't think he's just got this amazing job security. Especially, I mean. It's frustrating for me as somebody, you know, I like Bryce and I watched him throughout the offseason have an incredible offseason and play really, really well. It's frustrating for me to watch him have two straight games where he makes these boneheaded mistakes like he did in the past. I can't imagine how it feels for the coaching staff. He's not their guy. They didn't. So you wonder if it gets to a point where they're so frustrated with him, they're just kind of like, they we did just it can't to, trust him. They just did it wrong. to one receiver already this year. Lucky Whitehead. If, you're not yeah but that's different i obviously different case very different you can do it for on-field stuff just as well as off-field stuff one day you reach your breaking point that's true he's not a guy that can't be cut that's all i'm saying yeah yeah he's made made a better play than than the you know than a bad play that's true i mean he had a really nice catch that should have led to a touchdown if their offensive coordinator would decide to run the football right i want to clarify myself i don't expect him to be cut but i just don't think his job stat job security is unassailable he, he's just a, a speed guy. I mean, he, he, he's he got the speed, but they don't utilize him that way. You know, and I don't think he's – I don't think that's the really the kind of speed that helps you win. I mean, yes, it's good to be like this long strider, but for the most part, you need the quickness. I mean, I just look at like Kansas City is now one of the most explosive teams in the league because of they got one guy. They have one guy that's just kind of changed everything for them, and now they're this this athletic team that can go up and down the field. Well, two. You talking about the running back? You don't think he's that good? I, I mean, you think I, he's I, a product of the of what they can do. I, I mean, I'm I'm sure that he is. Andy Reid is, is going to put him in good situations. He seems like a really good player, but I think when you look at what they're doing now, and now Alex Smith all of a sudden is really good. I mean, it's because they they went out and got a track guy who can go and play running back, receiver, punt return, kick return, whatever. He's he's that dude's a beast, and I think it changes everything. Yeah, maybe. Here's a I mean, comment: How is Butler inconsistent? I'm sure Des dropped more passes and Dak missed more passes. Des Des has way more. From who? Who sent that? Yeah, I don't know is who that sent Bryce that? Butler that sent that tweet? <laughs> I'm sorry, was, is that a text message Brad. versus re- a tweet? Are you reading your own email? Right. <laughs> I, I mean, no. <laughs> Dez, Dez is wide receiver one with 57 career right. touchdowns who has yeah. however many hundred catches. And yeah, he's dropped some passes for sure, no doubt. But Bryce is Bryce gets three opportunities a game, and so so far through two weeks, he's messed one of those three up. So he's two for six right now. And this has been kind of a uh, – this has been a narrative on him throughout the time he's been here that's that he's that he's not sure-handed when it comes to you have a drop in the giants game yeah just like is that like one of those slants over the middle yeah i believe so okay there and it was it came he made that crazy catch like two plays later but he still dropped it gotcha yep. all right guys appreciate you joining us back tomorrow 9 30 a.m till then for nick eatman amber garcia david hellman i'm Derek eagleton this has been the break live on dallascowboys.com radio This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?